Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey guys, good morning. Good to see you guys. Good to see each and every one of you. Hey, it's nice to be up and about and, and moving and breathing. Sometimes we take even the littlest things for granted, like breathing, you know? And so I'm thankful to be back and, and be rolling. So I want to jump into this because i got a lot I want to share this morning. And um, So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your love and for your peace and for your goodness. And, and I just ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to go way deep into the book. We're going to start in Genesis. So I hope you guys love Genesis. So Genesis starts out, Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, Vit, Hashemayim, Vit, Haaretz. Sound good to you guys? Yeah. In the beginning, right? Hold on. Now, I learned this trick. My glasses are broke, and I left my Bible on my desk this morning, so I grabbed a Bible back there. Thank, thank goodness I know where I'm preaching. Are those reading glasses? I'd kiss you if you weren't so ugly. <laughs> thank you. Okay. All right. I can, I'm in business. So My wife did teach me this little trick right here, and it, it works pretty good, too. But it says, I want to go up here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who created the heavens and the earth? God. It it tells you right away. But he didn't just (coughs) create the heavens and the earth. He also created us. So I'm going to drop down to to verse 2, or chapter 2, and it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were, were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now we talk about the Sabbath. Everybody's like, well, what about the Sabbath? You know, well, God even rested, right? So, so and, the, and the Sabbath is just, oh, uh, it's just a foreshadow of what we're supposed to do in Jesus, which is to rest. Rest completely in him because it's completely finished. It's not like, oh, I got a few more things to do. He's like, nope, it, it is done. Creation is finished. In fact, it's not just finished, but it's, it's expanding right now. You talk to scientists, they say the universe is still expanding, and not just a little bit, but exponentially. I mean, that's the kind of God we serve. That, that's pretty good. That's the dude who created me, right? It's no wonder I'm so handsome, right? And so that's, that's the God who loves me, the God who, who breathed life into dirt, right? And, and made, made man, right? So he says, then God blessed the, bless the, still, still recovering here, guys. Give me, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth. When they were created in the day, the Lord, Lord God had made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth or before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist came up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. You know what God's saying? Hey, it hadn't rained. 
Like, like, you know, if it don't rain, you know what you get? Desert, right? You don't get much. But he's like, you know what? I'll just do it. I'll cause a mist to come up. He's like, I don't even need man, but I'm going to create man. He didn't need man for that. He needed man for, for fellowship, right? Now, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, everybody talks about, well, did God create, or was it evolution, or was it that? It's like, well, God really, he, I know he created, he doesn't say how. Actually, no, that, that's not a, a good argument when you go back to the scripture. If you believe scripture, God says he made man from the dust of the earth. They didn't accidentally crawl out and turn into a tadpole and then to a monkey and to all this. That's not what scripture says. And so scripture literally says God created man from what? From the dust of the earth, right? And he planted him in the Garden of Eden. And then he says this, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Notice he put him in Eden. He had formed him. So it's all God's fault. Right? He can take responsibility, right? And so, and out of the ground, the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the, to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, now I'm going to draw. Okay, now remember, if there is a worldwide draft in Pictionary, I would be picked last. So, I'm just warning you right away, okay? So, here. Okay. Okay. Do you guys know what those are? Bushes. They are in Oklahoma, right? I, when the first time I took Linda back to Oklahoma, I was like, we got trees and we got hills. And she got back and she goes, where's your trees? I was like, right there. She goes, that's not a tree, that's a bush. I was like, what? I was like, well, look at the mountain. We call them Glass Mountains. She's like, that's not a mountain. That's not even a hill where we're from. I was like, well, okay. So these are not bushes. This is not Oklahoma. This is Washington. I probably should have done an evergreen, right? But I'm, I'm figuring like the Middle East, so it's probably not an evergreen. It could be a cedar, right, from Lebanon, right? Anyway, okay, so we have what? We have a tree of life and a bunch of other trees. And then we have a tree of the knowledge of good and good, right? Good and what? Evil. Evil. Okay, so God created, created the, the, the garden. He put a bunch of trees in there, and it had all kinds of fruits. I think they had steak trees, right? <laughs> they they ha- had french fries trees. They had coconut pie trees, right? There's all these other trees they could have ate from, and then they had the tree of life, and maybe that tree was just had everything you wanted. And God says, he, he told him this. Okay, let me read it. He, he says, the tree of... The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from it 
parted the four rivers, and it goes on and talks about it. Some of them ever heard of the Tigris or Euphrates? Right? They still, still exist for right now. One of them is going to dry up, right, according to, to, to Scripture, right? But it goes on and talks about those. And then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. He's like, look, dude, you got this garden, you got the tree of life, and then you got all these other trees, but this one tree here, dude, you can't eat of that, right? Because he says, because if you do, you're going to get food poisoning. Because if you do, you're going to get a really bad stomachache. No, he says, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day... That you eat it, you shall surely die. Right? So do you know what that equated to me? If this is the tree of life, and you eat out of this and you get life, and if you eat out of this tree, and you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. You know what this tree brings? Death. Straight up. I didn't say it. God said it. I didn't put it in there. God put it in there. And that's what he's saying. Which tree are you eating from? What are you living from? Of all the trees, Adam. Guess what, Grandpa Adam? Uh, All the trees in this entire forest, in all this, you can eat of except that one. You have one job. Right? When I played football, like I had one job. Like especially when my freshman year, my job was to take the kicker out. Right? I was on the return team because I was on a really good football team. I had one job. It was to take the kicker out. Now I cried when the kicker was six foot eight and three hundred and fifty pounds. It wasn't such a good job. But other than that, I had one job. The easiest job on the planet. All I had to do was one thing. That's the only thing in the entire Garden of Eden. Look, Grandpa Adam, you have one job. And you know how it turned out? Well, let me read on. I'll tell you. Right? So he says, you shall not eat. Now let's, and then he says, and then then God immediately says, and the Lord God said, there's no way he can do this by himself. I got to get him alive. Right? He needs a helper. That's what he's saying. I done looked at Adam. He can barely tie his shoes, man. Right? <laughs> he ain't going to be able to handle this, right? So, and Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Right? Not under him, not over him, but with him. Right? Made from him. Now he says this. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and then caused a deep sleep to come over Adam. He says, now this is bone of my bone. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now watch this. This is really key. So right now, they're in the Garden of Eden. Gar- not Garden of Eden. I guess they were eating. It's the Garden of Eden. But the Garden of Eden 
eating of all these trees, right? Eating this tree and that tree, and Adam's just like, woohoo, look at us. He's even getting to name the animals, right? And so, um, so here, here they are eating, and, and then, then um, God says, there was no shame. There was no shame. Why? Because they hadn't eaten from this. They weren't worried about good and evil. They weren't worried about, oh, am I doing it? Am I, God, did I name the animal right? Are you upset that I called it a horse? Should I call this like a zebra? Or do you have a different name? I mean, like, really? Like, like it's not going to sound good in Spanish. And, and in Hebrew, it's going to be like, say, sir, something like that, right? But, like, maybe I, what if I didn't name it right? What if I, there's none of that stuff with Adam and Eve. Do you know what they're doing? They're living, man. Do you know what? They owned everything, on the planet, they had access to paradise and everything in it. They were walking around. They knew who they were. They were made in the image of God. They knew they had a relationship with God. They walked with God and they talked with God. And they were not ashamed. You know why? Because they weren't focused on this tree. You guys look better with these on here. It's like blurry. It's like. So it says, they were not ashamed. Now we go to three and it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Do you guys know what the basis of all sin is? We're finding it right here. Do you, know, do you know what the basis of all sin is? Do you know where it starts? In what? Deception? Unbelief. See, Eve didn't lie then, but Satan did. Do you know what Satan means? It means accuser. Do you know who the first person he accused was? God. Right? And so you get up here and... The, you get, they say, well, you got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on another. I was like, kick that devil off, boys. I got Jesus inside me. That devil can't come nowhere near my shoulders. Right? Because you're trying to eat from the wrong tree. Right? But he's an accuser. He's still accusing you. Anytime you get accused, that's not God. God convicts us. He convicts the sinner of sin, but he convicts the believer of righteousness. You know what he says to the believer? Hey, you're a son. Why are you acting like that? Right? You ever, like, like my son, like it, when he was little, if it, when I get on to him, I'd be like, hey, look who you are. Why are you acting like that? He's, that's right. I am. I'm bad, man. I mean, not bad isn't bad, but I mean, it's, like that, that was cool, right? Right? And he'd snap up and he's like, oh, yeah, I have an identity and my identity is not based in that. My identity is based in who I am. And who I am is a son of God created in his image and in his likeness. That's what I was created for, to eat from this tree and all these other trees, but to, not to eat from that. There's a, there's a reason that, that the accuser wanted them to eat from that tree. And there's a reason that he still wants us to eat from that tree. I always talked about, I was talking about calling. You need to know what, why are you doing it? 
Because I'm called to do that. Well, why am I preaching? But why I'm called, but why am I preaching? I'll tell you why I'm preaching. Not to give you a bunch of rules and regulations, but to reveal Jesus to you so that you can know him and know the power of his resurrection. And if I don't do that, I'm failing. Completely failing. Because this entire book from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. All the way from Genesis 1, even the story of the cross, the sacrifice on the cross, a leif tov. In Hebrew, they don't have a leif tov in, in English, but when you put it in a leif tov and you ask the rabbis why it's there, I don't know why that's there, but it's there. They do know why it's there. They don't want to admit it. Some of them do. Some of them might be blinded, right? What it is, it's a sacrificial sacrifice ox on the cross before he ever created anything he knew that grandpa adam wasn't so bright and he's gonna blow it and so he made a way that's not caught off he's not surprised you think you're rotten and you're miserable and you've taken maybe it's a family member maybe it was your dad maybe it was a grandpa or uncle or kids at school or people you work with telling you you're no good and you're rotten and you'll never make it and and this and that and you felt the shame or you've messed up and done some really bad stuff and you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to redo this or how this is ever going to work out. And God says, you know what? I forgive you. I took every bit of that on the cross. Now, you get a choice. You can keep trying to do the good and evil, or you can just come to me. He says, come to me, all who have a lot of energy. All who got it together. When you get it together, come to me. Hey, when you get it done and get it figured out, come to me, right? No, do you know what Jesus said? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And he says, and I'll give you a bunch of rules to keep. And if you mess up, no, you know what he says? And I will give you rest. Rest. Peace is in rest. You find peace. You find hope. You find love. You find healing. You find everything in Jesus. And apart from him, you have nothing. Period. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Time out. That's not what God said. She misquoted what God said. Or she wasn't around when God said that to Adam. So she's hearing it from Adam. So maybe Adam embellished a little bit. He's like, look, honey, like we can eat from all these, but God said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge. Or maybe God told him himself. I don't know. Somehow she got it wrong. Right? The enemy's coming in here and he's say, saying, hey, what tree? Why aren't you eating from that tree? I see you're eating from all these other trees. Why aren't you eating from that tree? Oh, look at that tree. It's like, well, you guys not good enough? Like, like what Jesus did on the cross, is that not good enough? Do you got to do something more for it? 
Do you got to complete? Do you got to fix Jesus and fix what God did? No, you know, and when we get into we get to listen to those accusations and we start getting scripture distorted. And what happened was what God said was taken out of context and embellished on. And so here she's like, oh, wait, he don't even want me to touch it. God didn't say don't touch it. He said, don't eat it. I guarantee you if you're holding up a, a piece of pizza, like I don't like fruit a lot. So, like, it's a pizza tree to me, right? So you got pizza. Oh, it's mouth-watering. It looks good. And I'm looking at it. I'm smelling it. I'm like, oh, that looks so good. I know it's going to be good. You know what I do? The moment I touch that thing, it's over. (laughs) It's over. The moment I smell that thing, it's probably over, right? But definitely, if I hold it up, yeah, God said for me not to eat this pizza. This pizza will kill me. You know what? It would be a great way to die. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. You know what he's saying? God is a liar. What God says is not true. I want to tell you something. You can get caught up in all the things of the world and all the things going around, but our final authority is God's word. Don't get caught up in that. If you're worried about Israel, read Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18, and you'll see what happens, right? Read the scriptures. Find out. God is still in control. Watch what God does. Do I believe what CNN says? Do I believe what Fox says? Do I believe what this says? No, I believe what God said, and that is my authority. And what he says I know is true, and I can lean on it, and I can guide into it, because it has proven itself over centuries. Man, they come and go. But God's word is steady, and you can count on it, right? But the fruit of the tree you shall not. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Probably said it like that. You probably sound like you had pneumonia. You shall not surely die, right? For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good from you. By the way, time out. Serpent? Like, we hunt those things and eat them where I'm from. Right? Rattlesnakes? Man, they no good. The only thing they're good for is rattlesnake hunts and eating. Right? They're not kosher. Right? But, but that's what they do. If I see a snake down there, where I'm from, that snake's done. Like, just done. Up here, they're my buddies. Like, I don't care because they're not, like, they're not poisonous. So here, a snake, she's listening to a snake. She's listening to a snake. Think about that. Has God said, you know, it's like I get annoyed at the, you know, that's like God saying, you shouldn't listen to him. Right? For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, he wasn't completely lying to her. 
He was feeding her a bunch of half-truths, right? So when the woman saw that the tree was good, good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And then she's like, this is so good. Here, honey, you can have some too. And you know what he said? No, God said. You know what he said? Give me that pizza. And they're always blaming it on Eve. Everything is blamed on Eve. Not her fault. Not completely. Adam had a choice too. You have a choice too. And he said, and when they heard the sound, uh, or he said, and she also ate, then the eyes of both of them were naked, and they knew that they both, that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. It's the first time in all creation they, they, the Bible literally says, and they were naked and they were not ashamed. Now they know they have knowledge. Not just, it didn't say if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of evil, you'll die. It said from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. Oh, now their eyes are open all of a sudden. God didn't, doesn't want us to live from that tree. He never created us to live from this tree. When the law came about, that was what this brought. If you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. If you keep these blessings, if you keep this, if you keep that, then it works out. But Jesus said, there ain't no way. You're wanting to do ten commandments for the Jews. It's six hundred and some commandments. And Adam couldn't keep one. He couldn't do one. And get this. If you sin according to the Bible, according to the law, one little sin is as bad. If you steal a pencil, it's as bad as if you're one of those dudes in Israel chopping babies' heads off. There is no difference in the law. None. So we're going to justify ourselves. And as believers, we have a hard time doing this because we think, well... You know, I only steal a pencil, but I see what you do. I only do this, but I see what you do. And you know what that causes us to do? It causes us to judge people. Not only are we judging people, but, but, but we're judging ourselves. That's called self-righteousness. Well, I guess I'm better than them because I don't do what they do. And you know what Jesus says? That's a bunch of bonk. He says you can have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. You can't get caught up in people. You can't get caught up in rules. You can't get up in following men. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus and follow the word. Right? Because there's another name. I think his name was Jim. And he led a bunch of people to drink a bunch of Kool-Aid that was not cool, dude. Just because a bunch of people are following don't mean it's God. What is God saying? What is God telling you? Are you being self-righteous or are you being ashamed? Are you walking in shame? Are you saying, man, I'll never live up to that dude. Like, look how good he is. Look how awesome he is. Look how much he does for God. And look at, at this. And, and we're judging ourselves. 
Remember Jesus said a parable of the sheep and the goats. Anybody ever hear that? He, he's like, like, you did this in my name and you did that. He's like, like you know what? You had a food bank and gave food out and you did all these good things, visited people in the hospital and done this. But depart from me. He's like, I never knew you. Why? Because they were focused on the works. They were trying to do enough good to counter this. And there's no enough good to counter this because your little bit of bad wipes all this out and makes the, the maximum of that right there. I want to teach people to be good. I don't want to teach people not to be bad. I want to show them Jesus. I want to show them the one who is the tree of life, who died for their sin so that now they can live from this tree and not this tree. For God knows that the day you will eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and, and he ate too. Man, must have been good. And the eyes of both of them. Both of them were, were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Ever do something wrong? I remember my mom and dad were gone one time, and uh, me or my sister stole $20 from my mom and dad's purse. This was like in 1977, so that was a lot of money. And either me or, it was either me or my sister's ideal to go to the mini mart and buy candy. So I bought $20 worth of candy. I had sacks everywhere. When I say me or my sister, I, I primarily mean me. <laughs> so mom and dad come home, and I was, we're in there eating. I hear them coming. I'm like, oh, boy. This could work out really bad. I just got to convince them that I got this candy legit. Right? They come in. I'm like, oh, man, here comes mom and dad. That's how I imagine they were. Here comes dad. Dad's home. He's walking. Oh, man. Before, they never even knew if they were doing good or bad. And now... They know they just bought a bunch of candy with 20 bucks. And they're probably going to get their butt whooped, right? That's what my mom and dad did to me, right? They were mean, right? <laughs> Guess what? Not only did I get my butt whooped, but the lady at the, at the mini mart called my dad and mom. Hey, why it's not right for you guys to be giving your kid 20 bucks to spend all on candy? What's the matter with you? And they said, what? They knew? before they even got home. And they made me take every bit of it back. Every bit of it back. And then I got a spanking too. That wasn't enough, right? But here God, God already knew. Here they're naked, and they're afraid the first time they ever were afraid. And they were ashamed. And here comes Daddy. Oh man, 
I never got a spanking before, but now I'm going to. I better find a book. Any you guys ever got a spanking? It don't work. Right? So when, for God knows the day that you eat it, you, oh, let's see, where, where am I at? Anybody? Ten? Oh, thank you. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Who told you that? The accuser did. And do you know what he uses to accuse you? The law in this tree. Well, I didn't see you do this. I didn't see you do that. He ain't changed his ways. He's still trying to get you focusing right here. Where are you at? What tree are you eating from? What are you focusing on? Is your focus just on yourself? Man, you're going to get beat up, man. It's an endless cycle. We can have hope. We don't have to have a form of godliness. We want to, we want to know the power thereof. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I don't need a bunch of rules because I can promise you I'll mess up. You give me one rule like Grandpa Adam and Eve, Grandpa and Grandma, Adam and Eve. I gotta clear that up nowadays. Guess what? I'm gonna mess up too. Don't even give me one roll. I just wanna know him. I just wanna eat from him, right? So I I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And he didn't know that the lady at the mini mart already called him. And the man said, the woman who you go to be with me, who gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate it. She didn't even say what tree. Because he knew. He knew. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, and he cursed the serpent. Then in 14 it says, To the woman he said, said, I I will greatly multiply your sorrows and in pains, and and bring in four children, and your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And then, then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, you... You, you shall not eat of it. But when God asked Adam, do you know who Adam blamed? Eve. Eve blamed the snake. Adam blamed Eve, like every good husband protecting his wife. I mean, dude, he needed some marriage counseling. Like, who did this? She did it. Don't kill me. Like, I'm good. Just wipe her out. You can make another one. Right? Come on, dude. Get your act together, right? And what happened? They, they, 
they didn't, death didn't come because of good and evil. The death come by the root, which was unbelief. They did not believe what God said. And you know what? Sometimes we still don't. We think we got to dot this I and cross this T or we're not going to be saved. But I got good news for you. I had a bunch of other scriptures. Oops. Dropped that. Isaiah 45 talks about salvation will only come through the Lord. But um, Galatians 3, one of my favorite chapters in the whole book, because it says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? You know what he's saying? Are you trying to do this and receive your faith and basing your faith on this? Or there's another tree. There's another tree. It was a tree that brought death, and it was a tree that brought life. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but it's He who lives within me. He lives within me. I'm not waiting for a king to come back, and He is, but I got a a Jesus that wants to live in and through me right now. I can keep all these things, but I'm just an empty, hollow shell. I'm a king. He's a king, but he doesn't have a castle. Like you, you can be king, but you can't live in this castle. I don't surrender this because I got to do something to keep everything right. I don't trust you enough to surrender every part of my life to you and trust that you'll have the grace and mercy and that the cross was enough. Either it was or it wasn't. He said, choose this day whom you're going to serve. He says, I set today before you life and death. And then in in Deuteronomy 30, he says, if you keep this. Now it's not about if you keep this. It's do you believe? Do you trust me? Do you think that what I did was enough? Are you trusting in the other tree? Are you still trying to eat from that tree? Or are you going to trust God and eat from this tree? So there's a price paid. And God himself made up his mind before the creation of all things. He's like, you know, Grandpa Adam, he's going to mess up. But I got a plan. He said, for God so loved the world. That he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish. For God is not mad at you. He loves you. Those people you look at and think are rotten, he don't look at their sin no more. He looks at it through this. And he weeps because he knows if they just come to him, it's all paid for. It's all taken care of. It's all done. 
he says, it's clearly portrayed among you. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Then he's like being kind of baby caking him, patty caking him, and he's, he's real, talked real tender here. Are you so foolish? What's the matter with you, dork? Have you begun in the Spirit and now you're being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It comes down to belief. Do you believe God? Do you trust God? Just as Abraham believed God and it was a counted to him as righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham before, before saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham for as many are, as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. You ain't got one thing if you're eating from that other tree. You got all of them. Your works aren't going to save you. But your surrender to his finished work will. That the blessing, it says, it says this. Where am I at? What, what verse am I at? 14. Okay, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs at a tree. Oh, here I am, I'm up at 10. But I'm um, going to 11. But no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. A time out, you're like, Pastor James, you're saying that we can do anything we want, and it don't matter. I'm telling you, if you're eating from the tree of life, you're going to be so enamored with Jesus, you're not even going to know. You're not going to worry about if you're doing good or bad. You're just going to live. Let me, let me give you a hint. In case you don't know, you're going to mess up. Some of you guys are going to mess up before you even get home. You base it on doing good, your salvation, you're sunk, man. Not in God's eyes, but in your own heart. And your own heart will condemn you. So here's, here's what I do. I'm going to live in Him. In Him we live. In Him we move. I'm going to love Him. I'm going to say, Father, I surrender to You. And watch what He does. I'm going to love and do good for people, not because I'm wanting to notch notches on my belt or make a good report or look fancy or this or that. I'm going to do it because I love him and I love people. And I love me. I really love me. Right? I mean, how can you not? I've got a mirror. It says this, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet... The law is not of faith, but the man who does live, live, 
Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. He's like, I'm saying life and death. It's not life and good and evil. It's life and it's death. You get to choose. Christ, here's the good news. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Hangs on what? There's a tree. See, in the garden there's a tree of life. And today, there's a tree of life. You may look at it and think, oh, that's death. Yeah, it was death to God. It was death to Jesus. But that death paid the penalty. It paid for the curse. It paid for every sickness, every sin, every habit, every thought was paid for by Jesus on the cross. It's when he became fully man. He was separated from God. The sin was so bad. It said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Bible says God had to turn his back. But here, here God is looking at Jesus, and I believe this is what he did. The sin, the sin. And Jesus said, it's finished. And God's like, come on, boys. Come home. Jesus took every sin as man. God incarnate. God in flesh. So that you can have life. We're trying to go back to the law and the works. What an insult. What an insult to God. What an insult to Jesus. What a lonely place for us. Because we're trying to earn our way so when he comes back we got something good to tell him. And he's just a king without a castle. Where's he going to go? He loves you. Now, where are you at? And what are you going to do with that? Amen? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your peace, and we thank you for your love. Thank you for just being so, so faithful to us. I just pray that it, everyone here that knows you and everyone here gets a great, great grasp of your grace and your goodness and your mercy and how much you love them and that we can eat from the tree of life which is you Jesus and know you and know know who you are we thank you Jesus name thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about us check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org